Hey guys, it's Connor here with Crosstown Chats. Uh, so we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it very soon, but this uh, podcast uh, is primarily going to be a Chicago Cubs and White Sox podcast. We will talk about bigger moves across the league. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Colin. If you want to say hi, Colin. How's it going? So just to get into the gist of it here, uh, Colin and I have been friends since sixth grade. Uh, we've been playing a lot of a lot of Xbox lately, past few months, <laughs> and we find ourselves... Uh, talking a lot about the Cubs and White Sox, getting into debates, discussions, questions, things along those lines. Uh, and essentially what we're looking to do here is just kind of bring that into a podcast form uh, where we can kind of get all our grief out of uh, each team each week and the goods, the bads, the highs, the lows. Um, longtime Cubs fan here, Collins the White Sox fan. That wasn't obvious. Um, and, uh, you know, what we're looking to do here is just create some content, talk about each team as the season go on and just see, see where it takes us. Yeah. So um, I know Connor said uh, it's a Cubs and White Sox podcast, which also could be a White Sox and Cubs podcast, depending on how you look at it. And that was kind of the whole point of this is to get a little bit of both sides. We're already always arguing back and forth. And, you know, lately it's been a lot of him chirping me. Uh, because I'm a White Sox <laughs> fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, we already do it every day, so we might as well just uh, not make it a little bit more official, but have a little bit more fun with it and uh, really dive into each of these teams because, you know, each team is going to have an interesting year. Uh, they're starting at different points this year. They did a lot of different things. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. How yeah, do you think one they of the- did... Uh, over the off season, each team generalized. Um, not enough. I think you know what? The... Let me ask you this: give give each team a letter grade on how they did in the off season. Uh, okay. If I'm looking at the Cubs here from being, from being one playoff game away, uh, one game from being in the playoffs away uh, in the regular season, I'm giving them a probably a, a C. All right, we lost Stroman, added Shoto. We Really have we got Michael Bush wasn't a I mean great addition but unproven, um, especially with what we gave up there with Jackson Ferris and Zaire Hope. You know Zaire Hope is is about as lottery as you can get, right? Uh, ninth round pick I believe, uh, or eleventh round pick I actually believe in the twenty twenty three draft looked really good. Um, Jackson Ferris has all the upside in the world world as a lefty uh, over slot second round pick. Um, so I say C minus. I think you know there's a lot of free agents still to be able to say at the end of the you know opening day be like hey they have a b or a grade but the cubs need to make a move whether that's trade you know they have a deep farm system um or in addition to free agency uh one of the two i think bellinger is as i think everyone knows needs to come back in some sort of way um that's like really the only big bat on the market unless you're counting matt chapman who had a one un- unreal month and five not so great months uh, for the White Sox, I'm I'm looking at them. If we're looking at like a competitive perspective, not so great. Um, but from a rebuilding perspective, um, I would honestly I'd probably give them a B minus. Um, you know, they got a lot of good trade that's, chips uh, back. That's generous, I think. I, I I'm looking at this as you got you guys just had an epic collapse. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Like I, if you'd have told me you would have had a hundred losses last year before 2023, I would have been like, no way. Because I thought Larusa was was the bane of 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 the team. Um, and Pedro came in, didn't really change a whole lot. I heard rookies were sleeping in the bullpen during games and all that stuff. So, um, but I think B minus, I think you guys added a lot of good trade chips 
um, with the, you know, the Aaron Bummer trade. You guys just traded uh, Santos away. Uh, you traded for Dominic Fletcher. So I think you guys are starting to build that farm system back up. You got Noah Schultz and you got Car- Colson Montgomery uh, in the in the uh, top 100 prospects list. And those guys could be definitely um, staples for years to come. It just depends really on on can you be competitive enough? Uh, can you get competitive in time until Dylan Cease is a free agent or Luis Robert is a free agent? What are your thoughts on both teams? Uh, well, I guess I'll start with the Cubs real quick. Um, honestly, you're not done. I think it uh, could have been a little bit different of a, a grade if you signed Belly uh, earlier. I think he's been on the market way too long. I think he is a really solid player. I'm not sure why there's so much confusion. I know they were looking at Pete Alonso and trying to get a, another big name at first base, right? But I think like you have a big name. At first base, and I don't know why it's taking so Who's long. That? Bellinger, if we if we resign him, that's what I mean. And a big so, if. Yeah, I'm just saying it shouldn't be a really big if. I mean, I think he's done well in Chicago, um, well enough to at least stay another year. I think it's a pretty solid team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd probably give it, the Cubs like a just because of that, probably like a B minus. Generous. You know, generous as well. Look at you. Generous on other sides. Yeah, I feel like we're more critical on on uh, each other's yeah. teams because True. I'm going to give the White Sox here like a D minus. I mean, just being a White Sox fan is honestly so tough in 2024 because yeah, you were honestly promised so much, uh, you know, especially in 2019 and then 2021. You had like a glimpse of it, but like it just really fell apart. Honestly, it collapsed, like you said. And, I mean, we've done okay picking up a couple guys, but I, I just noticed this weird trend with the White Sox, and they just seem to want to give away the talent that they have in hopes of getting more bang for their buck, I, I guess, just kind of put it bluntly. But, I mean, I'm also with that, with that grade, I'm kind of optimistic because you have to be as a White Sox fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guys on the team right now, I think could honestly help restructure the clubhouse because I was hearing a lot of stuff that it was just, you could hear crickets mm-hmm. uh, in the locker room. And I don't know, I, I know it's your job and everything, but that's <laughs> not what you want. That's not even what you want in a job setting is to have no camaraderie whatsoever. Um, So I know a lot of guys on this team are like, even with the new guys like Fletcher Lopez, like I know they have played with some of these guys that are on the team right now. And I think that could help a little bit. I know it was really divided last year. So Um, with that, uh, I think we can kind of go into the projections of this year, well, I because... do want to. I do want to make one point on the White Sox uh, before we move forward and go into sure. projections. I think their collapse, and I feel I, I it, it's at a point now as a Cubs fan. Like you guys were right there, in my opinion, as a Cubs fan, to taking over the city. Like the Bears sucked, the Blackhawks sucked, the Bulls sucked, the Cubs sucked for that two year span, and in that two year span, all those other teams I just named off still sucked. Like the city. And not Cubs fans, right? But a lot of these people who are like like sports and like, man, everyone just sucks in the in in, in the city. They would have, I think, they would have rallied around the White Sox if they were good. 
I think yeah. the collapse we saw. I, I don't know the last time I've seen that. You guys, I've never seen such a talented team struggle so much. And I think a lot of that is culture. I think a lot of that is is bringing in guys. But I think your biggest, the biggest mark that was missed is not not spending. Right. I think Jerry treats the White Sox as a small market team. They're a large market team now. Second, I will say to the Cubs in a large market. But you see the Angels. You see the Dodgers. You see the Mets, you see the you see you see the Yankees, right? They both operate those two sides. They both operate as big market teams, large market teams. I don't think there's any excuse for the White Sox to not operate as a large market team. I think the fact that they wouldn't, I think they pushed like 200 million back in 2022, but they wouldn't go higher than that. And it's it's the same for the Cubs, right? The Cubs haven't gone over the luxury tax I think since 2018, 2019. So similar boat here. Well, weren't you telling me the other day that the White Sox are one of only two teams in the entire league to not sign like a hundred million dollar extension, hundred million dollar extension or free agency? Well, and it sounds like a lot of money, but in baseball terms, it's really not that much, especially because you want to have like that X factor, right? You want to have that guy that can get it done, at least that superstar factor, because that's going to bring other players to your team effortlessly you don't have to do any of it you 100%. know 100 percent. and like, like look you, at all these super teams like why did otani go to the dodgers because he wants to win you know and yep. i just feel like the white Sox don't want to win you know <laughs> like at least it doesn't look like it from a, a fan's perspective and i'm not alone in that at all so i i think the best thing for the team would be to sell the team because i think i looked at it uh there was a stat that came up a couple months ago on twitter it was analysts. What was it? It was like analysts and data uh, individuals, uh, people like that in their title or that like actually worked on the research and development side of, of the team. I think Wake Forest, I think it was Wake Forest or it was Wake Forest or Stanford has more analysts working for their team in research and development for their players than the White Sox. That does ring a bell, honestly. Um, and it it kind of shows. You know, and it doesn't seem like they're like copy off of other teams. Look at the teams that are winning consistently. I hate to say it, but the Houston Asterix are winning all the time. You know what I mean? Like yep. at least take a gander, especially with Pedro Gafal as head coach. And now you have Maldonado. So you have a little bit of chemistry there, I think. But I mean... I, we didn't see it last year. We didn't see that will to win last year with 101 losses. Um, I mean, and that's what the projections are are close to saying <laughs> without can saying I, it. Can I can I throw a, a, a what is it conspiracy theory out there for the White Sox? I love conspiracy theories. I think getting rid of Jose Abreu is the dumbest thing you guys could have done because I think he was the glue to that the glue to that team. I, agree. I think. You guys getting rid of him, I think he was the leader. He was the one person. Now, like, you had other guys there, like TA, right, some other guys, but, like, kind of have egos, right, at least from what we see on the outside to an extent, right? In in terms of the actual clubhouse presence, not sure. But there's a direct correlation between Jose Abreu leaving and you guys not doing too hot. I mean, that just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. They just want to give away the talent that they have instead Mm -hmm. of building around it and letting it this, like – I don't know if I want to really say like that competitive edge mm-hmm. or just 
winning because we didn't really win after 2021, you know, at, at the projections that we should have. I mean, and then you just see all these guys getting traded left and right. Uh, I didn't agree with that trade too much. I think, you know, obviously he has some years left. Um, Who's that? Jose Abreu. As, he was, uh, he left, they, as they, 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 they let him walk. They let him walk. And I think they probably do that behind closed doors all the time. You know, yeah. I mean, Jake Berger, um, I don't know why we traded him, really. I think Aaron Bubber <laughs> was okay. Um, obviously, he has to be. That one made sense. Now. He's a reliever. It, yeah. You got to do what you got to do at some point. But, you know, it is it is disappointing. You know, It's like you, you let him walk for three go. years, $60 million. Cheap. That's nothing. For an MLB club, that's nothing. And I get it. You guys had Andrew Vaughn, right? Um, but, like, okay, similarly, it's like when the Cubs traded Rizzo. It was like, what the, like, what are they thinking? And to be honest, Rizzo was better when they traded him than Jose, when they let Jose Abreu walk, right? Uh, And obviously, Anthony Rizzo was younger, you know, a lot of things, right? And there was like, what the, what are we doing here, right? Because you, because, because now you look at the Cubs and you go, wow, there's a hole in first base. Wish we had Rizzo there. And if you look at his numbers before he got concussed last year, he was like on an MVP track with him, like by end of May. He had like 11 or 12 home runs. He was hitting over 300. He was just an absolute beast. So I think with the White Sox, I think I think the main issue, and we're probably going to talk about this a lot this year, is that they don't invest in the research and development aspect of it. They don't invest in the scouts. They don't invest in player development. Um, and the Cubs just started doing that back in 2019. When they overhauled it, they let Dan uh, Kravansky I think his name is his name slips my mind. I believe I got it right, but they let him take over player development. They had Craig Breslow come in for pitching development, and all of a sudden now you got seven top 100 prospects from the Cubs, uh, with probably another three or four knocking on the door pretty soon. Uh, so that's where I'll leave it there on my little rant about the White Sox. I think they could be a good team. I think Jerry just infu- refuses to invest. You know what, what would it take to overhaul research and development? Two, three million dollars a year, maybe a little more. Um, well, think you know, about the promotion Guess had. You know, I mean, this is his year to kind of show what he's got, show how he thinks things are going to be different. Um, mm-hmm. But just, you know, as a fan, we got to see it to believe it. Yeah, um, got to see it through. You know, and just one little thing about White Sox fans is like, as much as you want to say, like, we are loyal, even though, like, there's not a whole lot of butts in the seats, you know, all the time. I mean, they were given... <laughs> tickets away for free last year so yep. i mean but you know these fans deserve more they want to see like a good baseball team out there every day you know and that's one thing i didn't like about last year is that like not every day it looked like they wanted to win that game you know they i could be wrong flying. there <clears throat> i could be wrong but it just what i saw it didn't seem like every day they wanted to win you know you look there's a lot of other teams that out there that they try to put their best ball club out there every day, you know, yep. but yeah, so I'm sure we'll, well, I'll, I'll probably rant about the White Sox <laughs> a good amount throughout the season. I'll, I'll, I'll join you. Cause you know, it's yeah. like the, the crosstown classic was always so much fun and it's obviously more fun when the team, when both teams are doing well, right. You got to you get those big moments. <clears throat> uh, Sox fest. Yeah. Why'd they cancel that? You know, four years. No socks fast. So what, the COVID came along and they're like, hey, we're not going to spend any more money. Let's just tell them we can't You'd think do it. They were, they're saving for something, but I don't know. 
I mean, maybe, maybe it's that $9 billion ballpark they're allegedly going to build in the loop. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely talk about that uh, later on. But um, it's <laughs> it's part of our excitement uh, as a, a fan base. But yeah, you want to see the team be good before we start doing anything crazy with the stadium or <laughs> even moving to Nashville, you know. So. Yeah, I think a move would be terrible for baseball. It's terrible for the Cubs, too. Um I think just for Chicago sports, it'd be bad, right? It's fun having two two baseball teams. It'd be bad. Um, but yeah, no, that's my that's my rant on the White Sox and how they could probably be better within the next couple of years if they just invested now. Because it takes you know a couple of years for that to develop uh, and actually see the fruits of the labor. Yeah. Um, but let's get into Pakota projections. Yeah, and so before we do that, I uh, um, I really want to see the Cubs actually. Uh, Go above and beyond these projections. I think they're a little bit low, to be honest. Oh, I think uh, they're I the think they're Cubs. low too, but I think there's a lot of upside involved um, with this, right? It's a lot of well, what kind of years X player going to have or Y player going to have? Yeah, and what what moves they make in the in in the off season, right? A lot a lot of high tier free agents wilty, to go, you know. Yeah. So for 2023, we're going to go into the uh, the year prior um, to last year's projections, and then we're going to go into uh, this year's projections. Um, I'm just going to rattle off real quickly. Uh, we'll get into the Cubs first. So 2023 Cubs uh, were projected at 77 wins. Uh, I believe we ended up having 83. So obviously there's about a six game difference there. Um, a lot went right for them. Justin Steele had a stellar year with a just above a, a three ERA. Uh, you had Seiya Suzuki absolutely go nuclear uh, in the what the last two months of the of the season, um, just went nuts. Um, had a crazy back. If he can repeat that this year, he's an MVP candidate. That's that's kind of what I'll leave it at. Um, and you had a lot of good individual performances from from Javier Assad, from from Jordan Wicks. You had a lot of young players step up, which was great to see, um, as well as Dansby and Nico manning the uh, middle of the infield with uh, two gold gloves right there, a, a third, I believe, in left field from Ian Happ. Uh, but then in 2024, this year, the Cubs are projected at 80 wins, so only three more wins than projected as last year. So if we're going to put this all together, then this is impossible to do, but we're going to compare it to last year, right, where they were six games above last year's prediction. That would put them at 86 wins and probably in the playoffs as a third wild card team. I think I think there's so many variables where like I could make an argument that this is a 90 plus win team. I could make an argument where this is a 70 win team. Um if you remember Colin, they were 10 games under 500 sometime in June. It looked like that sell off was inevitable and then something just clicked that back half of the season. Everything started clicking uh, they ended up getting to 10 games above 500, uh, crazy enough uh, to think about. Um, I think they can really – man, if they just – if if like if we could just have repeat year from, years from some guy, some guys, right? If Michael Bush ends up panning out, if uh, someone like Pete Alonzo can come – or not a Pete Alonzo, I wish it was Pete Alonzo. Pete Crow Armstrong. If someone like him can come in uh, and man center field, I mean, if he if he plays, his defense is three war minimum. Just his defense. Even if he if he hits for average, he's a top five center fielder. If his stat line's an average stat stat, uh, stat line at like a seven twenty OPS, 
let's say a 250 average, a solid OBP, solid, solid slugging. He is a an all star. Um, that's how good his defense. You don't see 80 grade defense anywhere. Uh, he that will 100 percent be a Gold Glover one day. 100. Well, percent It's some of the stuff I've seen from the from this kid. I mean, the takeaways he's had are major league to put it, you know, lightly. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a stud. Um, but yeah, cut out there I'm, for a second. I was just saying he's a stud, but uh, yeah. So, anything else you wanted to say about the Cubs projections? Before no, I just that I think I think can go either way. We'll, we'll we'll talk about more teams after we get through the White Sox uh, that 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 part of it. But uh, that's it for now. So yeah, I mean in 2023, I mean this is probably coming off from the year, or I should say years prior uh, with these projections in 2023. I think they were kind of generous, um, which honestly it kind of made sense with the roster we had but just nobody was really clicking we didn't have that click that the cubs had you think the uh, projections for 2023 or were were generous uh i mean in hindsight in hindsight okay okay um yeah obviously he's saying that now after obviously what they did um but yeah so their projections were 77.7 77.7 wins uh, in 2023 and finished with a whopping 61. <laughs> 61 and 101. That That's is uh, not, and especially because this division, I don't think is anything like your division. Uh, I think your division uh, on any given day, anybody can beat somebody in that division. Yeah. Um, in the AL Central, however, this was a year to take advantage of these these teams not clicking as well, uh, especially the Guardians and the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers getting second place is kind of shocking. You just don't peg them as a elite team, or at least in contention with the with the division, right? Um, but sixty one wins for the White Sox was that one hurt. Not gonna lie to you. And that was with all that talent too. You still had, I think, you still had Lance Lynn. You still had Giolito. You still had uh, Bummer. You still had uh, Santos. You Cease, Luis, Robert, Vaughn, Mancada, Eloy. You still had all those guys that that you won with years prior. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys individually have won. You know, you look at Lance Lynn. He's a World Series champion. Yep. I mean, you would think you'd get these guys, and they show them how to win a World Series. You know, it's obviously easier said than done, but yeah. that's the thought process, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only person that really wowed me last year was Luis Robert. I mean, he he's one of those guys that will just go out there and play ball. Uh, you can see it just in his at-bats. They consecutively get better throughout the year. Just his approach, uh, you can tell. Um, and, obviously, he He's he can hang with anybody in center field. His defense is top tier. Uh, he's he's, ball, he's, he's a ball player, and I hope we never get rid of him. Uh, he was a gold mine, and he's a player that you want to build around. Um, so his name should never be on the on the chopping block. We'll say. Um, but hopefully, him and uh, 
some of his current teammates can uh, pull together more wins than the projection this year, which is 65 and a half wins. And I mean, that's about as accurate as a projection might, might get, uh, yeah. you know, it's, we're not expected to be good. I have optimism that we could pull together more wins than we should. Um, but as an organization, you know, we, we're going to have similar projections to the athletics who don't even care. They're ready to get, they're, get they're, out of there. They're, they're a Vegas. AAA team. They're trying a triple to just a get team. By. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure the AAA team had uh, more people in the, in the stadium than the, than the A's did at one point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're hanging right around there and that's not where you want to be. Uh, so, I mean, that's, uh, that's going to make you frustrated as a, as a fan. Here's here's my thing with the White Sox is that if I mean keeping Luis Robert Roberts makes sense right because you got him for two more years and then two option years which are going to be picked up right for cheap um, I I think Luis Roberts one of those guys where you it's almost impossible to find a club to trade him to because he's so good and he's got so many years of control for so cheap. Uh, and it's almost like even if you trade him for to the Orioles, who have several top prospects, it's almost impossible to get that value back. Um, I mean, he's a guaranteed five, six WAR player a year, and I would say his ceiling is 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 MVP level. Um, so I think with that, I think you can't trade him. I think Getz is now. I, this this could come back to bite me. This opinion, I think Getz is messing up, not trading Cease. Uh, Cease will not be with the White Sox during their next competitive window because you guys are I, I, you guys aren't going to find magic in a bottle this year. Uh, you guys might be able to cross that seventy win threshold. I think that's that's possible, uh, but that's take that's that's a lot of ifs, right? It's a lot of bounce back ifs. If Eloy's healthy, if Yohan Mankata can play like we know he can play, uh, if the rotation, which is looking kind of like Cease and a bunch of people who probably shouldn't be in an MLB rotation. Um, I, I think Cease, you're not, you're going to have no value now and no future value. I know Guts is looking to wait till the trade deadline and he thinks he can get more. I don't think he gets more. I think, I think you can find a team right now that are willing to give up. And it's hard with him, right? Cause Cease has only had one really good year, right? Like one stud year. And then he had a half a good year in 23. I mean, if you, so look, at the, if you look at the concrete stats, yes. Um, you know, a lot of wins and losses can be attributed to other things in baseball. Um, and you can't really knock his ability to actually step on the mound and shove. Uh, 100% I mean, agree. His pitch is still filthy, you know, maybe a little bit less of command last year, um, but still deserving of that number one spot. Not that he has two much competition in that rotation. Um, he had a little bit more competition, I think, last year if all those guys performed. But, um, I mean, our our number two right now is Michael Kopech. Isn't he going into the bullpen too? Didn't they announce that? That I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure, at least the depth chart. That maybe, maybe, been, maybe, maybe it was Crosby. still maybe got was... him in the rotation. Maybe it was Crochet, Crochet, whatever the Crochet, hell is they name. were talking about going he, him starting. Um, they need to get him to start. 
They need to. Like eventually, to yeah, I think. I think at the beginning he won't start in the first no. rotation. They'll get him. He coming off an injury, probably an innings limit on the year. Probably better out the bullpen, but in twenty twenty five, if he's not starting, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, but back good, in- though. I mean, I've been looking at uh, some of his videos and uh, his bullpens that he's been doing. I follow him. He's filthy. And, uh, he's got good stuff. I mean, oh, I yeah. mean he's a, a huge, big thrown lefty who still has power even after his surgery. And um, I, I'm expecting him to at at the very least bounce back. I think he sh- should have a, a really good year because if he is in the bullpen, he's the first one coming out. You know, um, the other bullpen is tentative. Um, it's just, you know what you're going to get when you get uh, Garrett Crochet, especially because he's a veteran now. Um, yep. And then he got hurt pretty early. So uh, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt right now. But, you know, the rest of our rotation is Tuki Toussaint, Michael Soroka, Eric Fed. I mean, I know we picked <laughs> him up, but, well, it's a lot of what is still, you know. Sirocco is so, a good pickup, I think. I yeah. think he's a solid pickup. Again, no, he's not a he's not a he's not going to change the team. Uh, Cease, I think, is one of those guys who goes to like the Rays, the Dodgers, the Cubs. Uh, one of these teams with a really good pitch, pitching infrastructure, and he takes it to a whole nother level. I think I genuinely think if, like, when he hits free agency, I think the money's going to be one thing, but a team that's going to be able to be like, hey, we can fix a lot of this Not because lie, we actually I have thought, the resources. Uh, I thought he was going to go to the Cubs and we were going to get Bellinger. I think it, that deal probably could have got worked out a little bit. But for Bellinger, yeah. You thought you, you thought Cease was going to get traded for Bellinger? Yeah. Last year? No, like this off season. I thought that would you that could have been a crazy trade. But Bellinger's a free agent. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that would have been a crazy trade. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have taken yeah. your pictures as well, but I could. I could. Uh, no, there, to say there I definitely could have seen him on the on the Cubs. Yeah, and I don't know if the Cubs would have tr- traded back for him because it's like you know we traded him for uh, for Quintana, so it's like now we got to give up more to get him back for two years. Nah. True. And we have our own. You know, we have Kate. We have Kate Horton lurking in the to get to get on the Cubs now. Um, we got our boy Kate Horton lurking, lurking in the minors. Made it up to Double A last year. Absolute dog. I think he's probably gonna be again on an innings limit. Last year was his first uh, year back after being. Or he wasn't injured, but he came back from inju- injury with Oklahoma, and then uh, you know, and then he decided to uh, to, to he came to the Cubs on a on a under slot on the seventh overall pick for a couple of mil. And he just dominated. He's a second, I think, or third overall pitching prospect in the game, depending on what list you look at. I think that's a guy that can come up, you know, July, August of this year, and he can be a wild card. And on top of that, we also have Ben Brown lurking as well. Uh, for all those that aren't aware, he was traded for uh, Mr. Roberts Robertson. Uh, when he was a reliever, we traded him to the Phillies. Got Ben Brown. He showed up on a couple top 100 prospects lists uh, last year, got hurt. Uh, towards the end of the year, but that's another guy who can come up either through the bullpen or in the start starting rotation uh, and just be an absolute dog. Um, his stuff is disgusting. Kate Horton and Ben Brown rank in the top, I think, 15 or 20 uh, of pitcher stuff plus. So we're looking at the Cubs here. Um, man, they got a lot of prospects, a lot of a lot of good players too, right? Um, 
right? We got Ian Happ, who's a staple in left. We got Seiya Suzuki, who hopefully can just be killer in right field. You got Nico and Nico and Dansby up the middle. First base, eh, third base, eh, catcher. We got Miguel Amaya, Jan Gomes, solid, solid battering partners there. Uh, and then the pitch rotation looks good. Uh, rotation looks good. Could use a little help, but again, that's where Cade Horton and uh, Ben Brown come in. What are your thoughts on the uh, the Cubbies overall for their projections? Um, as for their projections, I mean, lately, and when I say lately, I mean definitely within the last early decade. Um, I mean, they just really turned it around with the player development aspect and it's, it's kind of expected now that mm-hmm. they're going to go out and get these good players. Um, it's, uh, it's something that it's just non-existent on the South side. At least you don't hear about it as much as you do, uh, for the Cubs. Um, but it's, yeah, it's I mean, funny you say that though, because like, I feel like as a Cubs fan that we don't go out and get those good players. Early on, like I feel like we, I, I just in general, like we let, like, could you imagine if, like, like you know, pro, like I like Saya, I think he's electric, you know, he's awesome, but imagine if we had Bryce Harper out there when we should have signed him. He named his damn dog Wrigley. Like, could you imagine <laughs> if we had fucking Bryce Harper out in right field? I know we moved to first base now, but we have a hole in first base. So let's say we had Bryce Harper at first base. Could you imagine how electric this team would look with that bat at first base? Could you imagine like the conversation we'd be having now wouldn't be, oh, maybe the Cubs win 80, 85. It'd be no, they're they're NL Central favorites with Bryce Harper. And that's a signing you could have made four years ago and been a third of the way through the contract, and he's still in the middle of his prime. He actually he's just now entering his prime. He's what, 30, 31? Yeah, I think so. Right? So he's got what, four or five probably more prime years. Yeah, I mean, that's um, never gonna go away. So Never. And it's like you look at these guys and I get on the pitching side, right? I don't I don't get too angry about them not signing pitchers because there's so much volatility with pitchers, right? You don't know like yeah, one injury, they're out, right? You're paying them a lot of money to take them out every five games. But like you can look at like a John Lester, right? John Lester took less money to come with the Cubs. Not not much, but he took less money to come with the Cubs for his what, six one fifty five, I think it was. And he was an absolute workhorse until the last game he pitched. Absolute dog, right? It's hard to find those guys, though. It is, and it's really hard to nail it. Um, and, you know, I think part of that was because Theo, I think, what, Theo drafted him, I think? Theo drafted Lester and, and got him in the organization, played for the Red Sox for many years, and then came over. I mean, same with Rizzo, right? Jed Hoyer was the GM of uh, – was he the GM? I think he was the GM of the Padres when Rizzo was on the Padres. And then he came over to the Cubs and traded for him. Uh, I know there was some collusion going on there, maybe. Uh, I know there were some rumors of that at the time. But, like, like you look at a lot of those players, um, and it's interesting, right? It's interesting to see that. And and just being able to have this team and have some of these prospects, you know, step up or some of the players we signed step up, right? Jamison Tyone, perfect example, had a terrible first half of the season. He had me sitting there going, bench the effing dude or put him on the injured list or something, get him off the mound. And then the second half came, and all of a sudden he's pitching to a, a sub-3-5 ERA, looking really nice. He had that, I think he came back from the – very similar to you, Darvish, in 2019, actually, uh, except not as dominant. You, Darvish, came back in 2019, had a very dominant run. He asked Joe Madden. He was like, hey, give me the ball. 
I can do this. Had a crazy 2019, which then led to his runner-up of the Cy Young in 2020 in the shortened season. But I think Jamison Tyone, he's not going to be a runner-up in the Cy Young. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, you're paying the guy, what, $17 million a year roughly? He can be that solid three, maybe even a two. If especially if the work we're putting in, he's putting in the offseason, what the pitching development's putting in at the Cubs, I think there's a chance that Jamison Tyone could be a surprise dark horse candidate for one of the better pitchers on the Cubs, either the, the two or the three behind Justin Steele. I think Justin Steele still has that. Um, Justin Steele is really good. He's just, and he, I mean, you know, your, what's crazy with Justin rotation is actually looking really good. I'm not going to lie. We're missing that num that true. Well, Justin Seals a true number one. We're missing that like number two is what we're missing, right? You have Shoto. Shoto is unproven. He's proven. He's a. It's a tough trend. Like in Japan, right? Different hitters, right? In Japan, right? In Japan, they hit for contact. They don't hit for Which power. They don't, they don't focus on. It's, that it's means those harder. guys are going to touch your pitches a lot more. Whereas Correct. There's a lot of guys also in the who are swinging for the fences every every at bat. But the way you pitch to a contact hitter is different than a power hitter. Think about that, right? Because if you're pitching to not make contact, right, then it's like okay, like we're not going to give them any meat and potatoes. You come across some of these guys, like the launch angle. Like I think, I think Shoto might get hit with the home run bug early. Shoto. Is it Shode? Mm-hmm. Shode? I thought it was Shodo Imanaga. No, it's an A at the end. Shote. Damn, damn. Shote. Shote. Um, Shode. But I think he's going to get hit with the home run bug. I think he's going to adjust. Um, the other oh, thing why I, I think I mean, he's not a true number crazy. two. Like if it was Yamamoto, I'd be like, yeah, we have our number one, number two. Easy. But the other he's thing is too, though. the same is, team as him in Japan. Yeah, but. On the team that the, they all won. And beat yeah, I'm not saying he's not good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, like, like with Saya, like it took Saya two years or a I year and I a saw, half. To uh, have... Justin Steele tweet something. It was like uh, he watched his he bullpen. Was, yeah, he was watching his bullpen. Then immediately yeah. went out and bought one of his cards, trading cards. I got I got chills when I saw that because <laughs> I'm like, let's fucking go. I was like, let's go. Um, but I, again, I don't think he's not going to be a number two. I just think there's going to be an adjustment period where we got to be like, all right, let's calm down. Right? Look, it's like, 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 as I was saying, say Suzuki took him a year and a half to get adjusted to MLB pitching, had two uh, non-existent spring trainings, um, you know, one due to the lockout and the other one due to the, the World Baseball Classic. And then all of a sudden from August on of this year, he sets the world on fire. And he's like in the conversation of, you know, player of the month, all that stuff. Um, But I think, you know, what what gives me hope is that, you know, unfortunately Kyle Hendricks is coming up on his final year on his contract. So that worries me. I'd love to have him back. I want him to be like a Clayton Kershaw. That's what I want Kyle Hendricks to be. I want Hendricks to be the guy who we keep bringing back for 13 to $17 million a year on one-year deals. And he just keeps – producing keeps coming back helps the young guys out i think it's the perfect guy to have when you as we talked about when we have these kate hortons when we have these ben browns coming forward that's the guy you want teaching him that's the guy you want he he's the professor he, he doesn't you could watch game seven of the world series he didn't flinch a bit didn't show an ounce of positive or negative emotion he was steel that's the guy type of guy you want teaching the young the, the young players 
So overall, I think the Cubs are set up good with with positional prospects, with veterans, uh, with a lot of upside. I just think there's a good amount of ifs. Can and I did see, and the and one of my one of my favorite ifs is I watched a CHGO podcast, and they were talking about how I think Tommy Hadovy interviewed. They interviewed Tommy Hadovy, who's the Cubs pitching coach, and they were discussing possibly having him pick up a third pitch. And could you imagine right now, right? Cause right now he pitches with two pitches. So the big question is, is that sustainable His fastball? And he's got like two fastballs. He's got like a straight fastball and he's got one that kind of goes down and in. Uh, and then he's got his slider, which is just absolutely filth. Could you imagine if he threw like a, a change up or a cutter or a curve, even a get me over curveball for a strike. Like, could you imagine if he added just one more, not even a plus pitch, just an even pitch that's perfectly average, but like you can use it in certain situations. Like that is someone who is going to be disgusting for years to come. Not not for the next year or two until the league figures them out or adjusts. Yeah, I mean, it makes it a lot harder as a, a hitter, especially with all this technology, all these guys watching films, so all these pitchers and how they pitch. It's like if you're adding something that no one's seen yet, like, that's going to make you think a little bit more in the box too. I mean, that's uh, that's just a big play if he could actually get that done. Um, I don't see why not. I mean, he's a professional athlete, you know, that you do this for a living, and I know you know how to throw a lot more pitches than what you have in the arsenal. You know, it's just whether yeah. or not you can do exactly what you want at any given moment. Um, and, and what I love about Steele is that he came in – 2020 wait let me get this right 21 was it 2021 2021 yeah 2021 reliever right 2021 yeah okay i'm getting it right 2021 is reliever killed it him and keegan thompson came up we were like who the fuck are these guys and then we, we pull him up we get him up he's like hey this guy's a reliever let's try him out next year after we trade everyone let's see if we can if they can start they both tried starting keegan thompson justin Steele. Not great results the first few months. Just, Justin Steele gets a little call from his old boy, John Lester. Uh, and I guess he gave him some advice. Not sure what the advice was. I think it was like lose the cutter or something how to pitch to righties, essentially. And all of a sudden, that back half of 2022, he kills it. I don't know if you remember this. He just kind of was like dominant. He like had like a sub 2-5 ERA uh the last like three months of the year from July on in 22. And then the big question last year was, can he build on this? Um, so I, I'm really excited. And the, the innings too, right? Cause he only threw a hundred and like 20, 130 innings in 2022. So the big question was how far can he go into the season? And he pitched like 178 innings, I think this year. So now it's like, man, we can get him to 200 innings at sub three, sub three ERA ball with his ground ball rates, with his strikeout. Like that is a deadly pitcher especially come postseason. You give me him, Shoto, and Kyle. I mean, Kyle Hendricks is starting a, a postseason game. I don't care what year he ha- what kind of year he has. But you have you give me those three in the postseason this year, I'm happy. I'm cool with it. I'm happy with it. I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> you, but we'll see. They have to get there first. They have to get there first. They have to make the right moves. No, Justin Steele, uh, he could be that dude for you. Um, the only Cubs game I've ever been to. Uh, was actually this past season. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my Southside friends, I moved to the North Side. 
so it's only a 20 minute walk to Wrigley and definitely caught one of those games. And, uh, I will say it's a very nice stadium. Uh, I am, I was missing out on like that true authentic, uh, baseball feel, uh, re- reminded me a lot of Fenway actually, but anyways, he was pitching and the rest of the team was not hitting at all. Ground ball, ground ball, strikeout, nothing. It was a very low scoring game. Obviously, they did get some runs towards the end, but Justin Steele just went out there and shoved, and uh, he was keeping them in the game the entire time. So it's nice to have one of those guys who can get you at least one win when the rest of the guys aren't doing anything. And that was huge last year with a lot of guys, a lot of the pitchers struggling or getting adjusted. Justin Steele is that guy to go out there and you'd be like, hey, we, you know he's going to give us a chance. And that was all you could ask for. Also, the game you're referring to, I know exactly what that was because I believe that Sean and all the boys went with you. I believe that's the game he threw. The, I think it was an hour 59 minutes, that game. I, dude, we got there late, a little bit late. We got to the seats, and uh, I think within 45 minutes the game was over. <laughs> it was a very quick game I'm, an hour or something like that yeah and he just shoved. literally leaving the ballpark felt like we just got there i remember twitter was blowing up like look what justin Steele just did and i was like yeah he's a dog he's a dog that's that's give me, give me like one more justin Steele. and what my, my last point with justin Steele, if you can tell i love i'll him, take one that... justin Steele. what are you talking about <laughs> i'll take one more i need i think we need one more give me like a like, you know Number two, just give me number two. Give me a true number two, and we're cooking. I don't want to um, hear it. You're, but, you're my, but my last point, and this is kind of going to the White Sox now, um, at least in terms of what, what could be, is that Justin Steele was never a top prospect. He was never a top 100 prospect. I think he very briefly was in the Cubs' top 10 prospects. Um, and they started, they overhauled their research and development in 2019, the Cubs. And I think that not the whole part of it, but some of it really directly correlated with the Cubs developing Justin Steele into what he is. And I think a lot of it's on Justin Steele too, like the type of work ethic, what he's done, uh, you know, coming out of what the 2014 draft as a, as a high school draft pick getting hurt Tommy John twice, I believe. Um, so, so like that just has a lot about the system where we're at. And, and, and again, for the white Sox, of you don't know what you got till they're there. Right. So It'll be very exciting to see how that develops the next couple of years. I mean, it's always changing. You know, they're, you know, they are in transactions. They make a lot of moves. It's a lot of subtle moves, and obviously, you wish they would go for that hundred million dollar guy at least one mm-hmm. time. Um, but they are inviting some potential. I'll put it that way: they are inviting some potential to spring training. And uh, yep. we'll we'll get to see what they do, you know, firsthand. Uh, really interested to see what Colson Montgomery is going to do. I, I think he's a pretty solid athlete. Um, uh, actually, a huge one that I'm uh, excited for is Edgar uh, Caro, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I was seeing a couple of videos of that guy, and he can mash the ball. Uh, that's definitely what we need. Um, we don't need a guy to swing for the fences every single time. We got enough of those guys, but... Guys who can make contact, you know, that's what I like about Gavin Sheets is he's got a pretty solid swing, and when he connects, he connects. And he kind of reminds me a little bit for, uh, of Edgar. Um, Edgar's, I'm pretty sure, bats from the left side too. Lefty lefty catcher is always pretty solid. Um, he's going to have some competition, but I think he'll probably get some, if he can be consistent in AAA, 
uh, and do yeah. well in spring training. I think he he could definitely move up at some point in this uh, in this season. I mean, Max Stassi is uh, gonna run with us for a little bit, and then you also have Maldonado, who's definitely gonna get his reps. And um, speaking a little bit about Maldonado, I mean, it's it's a very bittersweet trade, I think, or not trade signing, um, because what I saw last year. Uh, and his approach was just not it. Uh, it's it was is basically like getting another Grandal, you know, fundamentally sound catching but better defense, but better defense, well, than, better than defense. I mean, Grandal's defense is not bad, but um, Maldonado has pretty solid catching skills. Uh, it's it's just the bat I'm worried about a little bit. Um, the bat's non-existent. That's the thing with him. It's it, it's never been there. I mean, he was a cub. He, he was a cub for contact, all of... He he sends the ball. You can't can't yeah. deny that. And and there's if he makes contact, which is right. like ten percent of the time, um, <laughs> literally. But like I remember, he was a cub. I think it was like twenty twenty one or twenty nineteen. Like we we I don't know what the hell happened. We had him for like five days on yeah. our on our team, and then we traded him back. I to the remember Astros. that. Yeah. But like where I, where I think of like Martin uh, Maldano is. Like, like the Astros had him on their team forever, right? And it was fine because why do you want like, to get rid of him then? If you're winning, makes well, no. Wonder, here's why, what I'm, why are they here's, getting rid of him? Well, they're not getting rid of him. They're letting him walk. So here's my thing: Ricardo. he was never good off, at least recently. He's never been good recently offensively, but he was so valuable on the defensive side of things that they were like. And their lineup was so damn good, they could be like, "Well, we could have one hitter who's not great who adds value somewhere else, right?" With the White Sox, I think uh, I think it's going to take your thin lineup and make it very much thinner. Unfortunately, because Grandal had a solid two years where he was looking disgusting, and then he had that third year where he either walked, struck out, or hit a home run. Uh, and then last he year, he, was just, he just wasn't there last year. He didn't even walk um, as much last year, which was disappointing. It's like, if you're going to... Yeah, he had a bad year. It, like, make your at-bats count, you know? And I didn't see that too much. There was a, more strikeouts and less walks, and you want the opposite. Um, that means you're seeing the ball well. And especially as a catcher, you should uh, you should see the ball pretty well. At least make you better think. contact than what was shown. Um, yeah, and it usually is with catchers in the league. Um, so, like, there's there's a stat. It's called WRC plus. It's weighted runs created plus. It's just a general overview of how you're hitting in the league. It takes every all the hitting metrics and puts it into one jumbled percentage. Um, so, 100 is league average for catchers. 90 is league average. So, as a catcher, if you're hitting above a 90, you could actually be hitting low below average um, in the entire league, but above average for catchers, and you'd be an above, above average catcher. Is that just because uh, yeah, like, of like their averages as a position? Yeah, that's why it's factored in. No, lower because than no, the average. It's it's like shortstop, right? Like shortstop, like you'll take a shortstop who isn't disgusting with the bat because you hope he generates. Like like look at uh, Ahmad Rosario, or is it Ahmad Rosario? What's his? He's on the D backs. What was his name? Uh, Nick Ahmad. Nick Ahmad. Uh, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn most of the time, and he was the, he was a diamond back for like ten years. 
but because he hit because he was so good defensively, he had a home. So like there's certain positions in the league, catcher, shortstop, kind of center field, kind of where you'll take the defensive value over the hitting value because it's that because it creates it, it, you're stealing runs. You're stealing runs away from the other team. When you like look at look at the St. Louis Cardinals with with when they when they got rid of Yachty, or not got rid of Yachty, but when Yachty retired and they brought on Wilson Contreras who has a fantastic bat but not so great as uh, as an actual catcher, all of a sudden that entire rotation just went downhill. Awful. So it's like uh, essentially you're you're looking at it from we'll take less bat for more de- defense. And some teams don't care, some do. It's hard to find that. So if you have a like, like a Adley Rutsch, what's his name? I, can't, I always suck at pronouncing his last name. Adley Rutsch. Yeah, is it Rushman? I think you pronounced the T too. Okay, Rutschman. Um, I suck at pronouncing his name. Gives me trouble. Uh, but like he is going to be an all-star every year because he's defensively really good and offensively a stud, right? Um, Will Smith and the Dodgers, same case. Not not as high as Adley, but same case with him, right? When you get catchers that can hit for average and provide plus defense, they're all-stars every year. That's why Yachty's going to be a first-year Hall of Famer, and he doesn't deserve to be a first-year Hall of Famer. But he was good defensively. Said he had a couple Cubs good fan. years. Said from well, the Cubs fan, overrated. Over, overrated as also fuck. Said I'll from say it right fan. now. Overrated. Yachty's overrated as shit. First, Albert Pujols, first ballot Hall of Fame. Guaranteed. I idolized Albert Pujols growing up. I know any Cubs fans listening are going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? But I was like seven years old. I was like, who's this guy who's hitting 40 home runs a year? Absolutely mashing the ball as a first baseman. I was a first baseman, so you know, same with like Hunter Pence, ugliest swing, could mash the ball. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, Yadi's overrated. Yadi as uh, as being a catcher when I played. Um, you did or did not? I did absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's see? so fundamentally sound. And I mean, I'm going to be a little bit more biased, so don't throw dirt on Yadi's name. He's the reason why every catcher overrated. wants to throw from his knees. And get him out. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think to sit there and say he's a first ballot is ridiculous. It's crazy how uh, guys going into the Hall of Fame right now are all guys that we grew up watching. Yeah, it makes me feel old. I don't it like makes it. Makes me feel old. I don't think I, I am. Actually, old, yeah, but... I was at Fergie Jenkins. I was in Cooperstown for Fergie Jenkins when he got inaugurated. That's pretty decent. Yeah, it was, it was cool. That is got cool. his autograph. Um. Let's see. What else? I think that was mainly. Do you have any, any more points you want to end on before we wrap this up? We're nearing that hour mark. No, I yeah, I definitely wanted to wrap it up. Um, we could. Uh, I'll definitely be spieling about the White Sox uh, the weeks to come, especially next week heading into <laughs> uh, spring training. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's a good point to end it there. I mean. Obviously, as you can see, we'll go on to different tangents about each of these teams, each of these guys. Um, it's hard not to, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you could tell that we definitely are fans of both teams, um, but definitely biased Ooh. to uh, our own teams. Um, and uh, we'll also be talking about a little bit of uh, big headlines around MLB. I know today was kind of focused on the Chicago ball clubs, but... Um, yeah, any big moves or uh, crazy plays that will happen throughout the season, we'll definitely uh, talk about that and point you in the direction to go watch them or something. So, 
Yep. So uh, that's that's going to conclude our first episode. If you if you're still here, thanks for listening to us ramble and rant. Um, I think our goal, just to kind of get goals out of the way, just so everyone knows what to expect. Uh, we're going to try to get it more, you know, structured. We're trying to find the flow of it, all that good stuff. Um, kind of see where we can, where we can add, where we can take away here. Um, so any comments, anything like that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to try to keep each podcast around an hour. Some might be a little longer, some might be shorter, depending on what happened around the league that, that week. Um, every, we're going to try to have a release date every Monday uploaded by every Monday. Mm-hmm. Right. So every Monday we'll record on Sunday, probably after the, the whatever games of that day. Talk about that. Uh, we will do emergency podcasts if like something crazy happens, like a Dylan Cease or a Luis Robert gets traded or the Cubs just traded for X, Y, Z. You know, Pete Alonzo, we traded for Jose Ramirez. We signed, you know, a Bellinger and, and Jordan Montgomery combo. Uh, we'll probably do like an emergency 20 minute podcast talking about that. But you can expect to hear from us every Monday. And Colin, if you want to plug away our our social media, because I'm not sure what the ad is, go ahead. Yeah, I know on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, it is <laughs> at Crosstown Chats uh, with two T's. Um, we're currently working on getting up and running uh, different social media accounts. Um, maybe by the uh, probably around the time that opening day starts. Hopefully we'll get some videos there for you so that you can see our lovely faces, uh, put a face to a voice and, uh, you know, kind of grow from there. But yeah, just for now, you can go follow on, uh, on X and, uh, we'll be sending out posts and, uh, different surveys, maybe some Q and A's and get some people involved, answer some questions. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back. We will be back next week. Thank you.